from the creators of Relevant Magazine, this is The Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, July 13th, 2018. Ooh, Friday the 13th. <laughs> it's the Relevant Podcast. I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and here with me in our Orlando studios, welcome back, Andre Henry. Yo. Over there on the ones and twos, our illustrious producer, my brother, Chandler Strang. Hello. On the Skype line from Loverland, Virginia, Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. And all the way from Nashville, Tennessee. All the way. Author, speaker, podcaster, Annie F. Downs. Good morning, gents. Happy Friday the 13th. That's spooky. So we're, I'm assuming so weird spooky. things are going to happen Probably. on the show today. Have we had one already this year? I feel like we have. I yeah, in April. I think we have, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, we made it. We did. And it went fine. As far as I remember, everything went fine. <laughs> yeah, I just, wait, wait, wait. April. Okay, I did get cursed one Friday in April. Uh, it's making <laughs> sense now. <laughs> I got it. Okay, that's adding up. It's adding up. Well, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, uh, author and speaker Joe Saxton joins us. She is a new book out we talked Sweet. about. Y'all, I love her so much. We're already friends with her because if not, you're going to be now. She's so I fun. Met her, she has a British accent. I, that's a good thing yep. to warn people. <laughs> She's in Detroit, right? Yeah. Now she lives in Detroit. I met her at when I went to uh, the IF gathering oh. a few years ago. The, you mean the day you and I became friends, Cameron? Uh huh. Yeah, I met the Joe the same. Uh, there was a dinner. Like I think it was the same dinner you and I met. There you uh, go. I'm always impressed by people with a British accent. You know, like whatever they say <laughs> is very credible. Thankfully, she's coming from like As a biblical Christian perspective because anything she tells me, I would believe with that. You're it's very authoritative yeah. when they. Who yeah. am I? Who am I to argue with someone with a British accent? You know what I mean? That's true. I went to Montana a few weeks ago, and about half the guys were from the UK, mm-hmm. and they all sounded just so much smarter. So than us. much smarter wow. than us. Yeah. Just more yeah. sophisticated. On one hand, on one side of the spectrum, we had Willie Robertson with his accent. On the other <laughs> side of the spectrum, we had the British guys with their accent. Both very <laughs> respectable. Very multicultural experience. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, well, actually, uh, unlike Wednesday's show, where we had a lot to catch up on, we are going to just jump right into it. Okay. On today's show, uh, we have Slices, we have our Listener of the Week, mm-hmm. and uh, Joe is coming up, like I mentioned. Uh, so we'll just get right into it. It is time for Slices. Jesse, what do you have? So this week is a big week. This week is the first week that you can actually reserve your spot on a new island that's being <laughs> created. It's a floating island that's completely man-made uh, right near like Tahiti. Is Seems it, like is a it man-made out of plastic straws? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all, the, all the extra straws that, that uh, Starbucks will no longer be using will be tied together to create one awesome man-made <laughs> island. No, it's a man-made island. It's actually being uh, um, funded partly by the Seasteading Institute. Uh, and so the have we talked about Seasteading before? No, I don't even know what no. that is. No, I don't mean so seasteading is an idea i <laughs> it's like the perfect podcast topic for especially for us so seasteading is a is kind of an idea that was hatched i don't know 15 20 years ago 
that you could create islands in the middle of the ocean that would be independent of any country. Like there'd be an international waters and you could create your own laws. You could create your own currency. You could create your own utopia out in the middle of the ocean. Right now, the technology has just got to the place where seasteading can become a reality. So there's there's other people who have tried to do like seasteading. Like there is like an old. Are you saying seasteading? What are you saying? Steading, like homesteading. Like yeah, back in the day, oh, like homesteading, seasteading. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Thank so, you. so no, there have been like amateur seasteaders, like some people who have taken over like old abandoned oil rigs and things like that, and just claimed it <gasps> oh as their gosh. own. But they haven't been inter- internationally recognized. But this one that is going to be uh, uh, floating somewhere like in French Polynesia is going to be state of the art, and they've already actually started to uh, sell houses on this island, which is not built yet. But there's plans to have 300 <laughs> houses on this island. The pictures look incredible. It's going to be state of the art. They're going to have like greenhouses to have like little mini forests. Then it's going to be all floating, basically like neighborhoods so you can get around. Um, they're also going to be operating on its own cryptocurrency. Um, so the mm. idea that it's free of any kind of regulation and taxes uh, from any country, and it they're going to like set Lord of the Flies. But the idea is it's highly organized, right? So it's not like um, see, like Lord of the Flies is like chaos, chaos. Where this yeah, is yeah, is right. basically. Basically creating a new self-governing, super high-tech country from scratch. So uh, (laughs) the pre-sale just went on, uh, just went up like this month. So for the first time ever, you can actually uh, bid. They didn't release the 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 prices. You have to kind of go through their cryptocurrency uh, whole rigmarole. But you can actually bid to have one of these three hundred homes on a seasteading island uh, out in the middle of the ocean that we free from any laws. Just a libertarian utopia floating out there. Wow. I, I always thought when I was a kid, I, I don't know if I read dated, I just remember like, you know, there was like the Hardy Boys and there was like mm-hmm. Encyclopedia Brown or whatever. I just remember as a kid reading like the future was going to have underwater, like we could live in yeah. underwater cities, Very essentially. True. And I expected that's what I, that was my dream. Mm. I knew I couldn't probably go to space. Mm-hmm. I was, a, I was like one of those nerds who like wanted to go to space camp, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But I thought, but we at least are going to get to live under the sea. Yeah. You know, uh, there was even a ride at Epcot living seas. That was kind of like this future experience of what it would be like to like live in a pod. Maybe this is the beginning of that dream being a reality. I know this is floating on the surface, but I mean, if they need to expand, just go What's down. What's the hypothetical benefit of under the sea? Um, I think just research. Yeah. <laughs> I just think everyone, research everyone is basically, yeah, is a, is a researcher at that you point. can observe more. Yeah. You can observe. You can like, I just remember you would like get into the, the air tank or the air pod and then it would fill with water. You could mm-hmm. just swim out into the water. Yeah. I just remember it yeah. was the dream. Wow. That Something was the dream. Windows. <laughs> there's a lot of dreams there was a lot of technological promises that just weren't kept and i feel like yeah. we need to hold someone responsible i had a i remember i had a poster in my room growing up of a car lot full of flying cars and i used to just sit and look at that poster and, and it was like hand draw it was like cartoony but look how cool the flying cars would be like man i cannot wait i will be 16 you know i was probably like seven i was like this is a few years away people we're gonna have flying cars we were promised that oh my god and now like uber announced they're gonna have like flying ubers or flying taxis and stuff and then yeah. you look at the picture and it's just it's a, helicopter. a helicopter 
Yeah. Literally, it's a helicopter. <laughs> yeah. It's we have that. I want mine that just like, you know, zips around like George Jetson, you know? Yes. Yeah. That's really what set us up, isn't it? The Jetsons. The Jetsons are who set us up for failure made of a lot disappointed of expectations. <laughs> and Hanna-Barbera cartoons. so cool. Yeah. I think my my under the sea thing came from Hanna Barbera cartoons. Yeah, I, I don't think it was Aquaman or whatever, but I just remembered there was like whole things under the under the sea. Yeah, very true. Hanna Barbera. Yeah, they misled what, us. What, what, <laughs> what are your What are your feelings on this on this idea though? Just creating. Oh, and the other the other benefit they said it's it's not susceptible. It's not susceptible to climate change because it's floating. You know, yeah, what is it? Is it is it made of metal? Is it made of grass? What are, are they making? What What's it made of? Well, from the surface, it will look like a regular island. Like it will have, uh, like grass and sidewalks, like a little neighborhood out in the middle of the ocean. Like just imagine a suburb, like Cameron, but like, a, uh, like in your city, like a, like a Baldwin Park, you know, like a pre planned, nice suburban neighborhood. But like with if like everybody stores. runs to the east side, is it going to tip over? No. Are they, I, two I think questions. It, yeah. Is it tethered or is it, yeah, is it going to just drift? How does it stay in place? I, like if there's I, I a think it's going to be anchored. I think it's going to be anchored there. I don't, I don't think they're going to be. It's not like a cruise ship. You know, is it, uh, then number two, a cruise ship remains balanced and, and you're less susceptible to the waves because it's moving forward and it's cutting through the waves. This thing is just in there bobbing in the water. Uh-huh. Is it like moving nonstop? Or are like sea currents like crashing over the side? I mean, it looks like they have seawalls to prevent the water from like cresting over. But you got to imagine if you're floating out on a giant island, you're going to feel some movement. You know, this is the plot of a horror movie. Yeah, yeah. Well, I don't like it. Have you played the the, the the video game Bioshock? It, it, that's kind of like where that <laughs> takes place. Surprisingly, um, no, I haven't played that. This is this is like Fortnite. I mean, you have to like there's an island, and then mm-hmm. you have to like be the last one standing. Yeah, and mm-hmm. I think that's the rules. <laughs> but, the homeownership here. But Cameron, I know we talked about this numerous times, but this is a chance to really, you know, what was your uncle's? Uh, um, oh, King Strang. Yeah. What was his? Uh, uh, Beaver Island. Beaver Island. Beaver Island. Beaver Island. <laughs> I feel like Cameron. This this is in your blood, man. I feel like you know, starting a utopian island or joining one is kind of in your lineage, you know? No, I but think to, this is just going to be a disaster. How do you get to and from it? Is this like, is this like a fairy situation? Like, I mean, if it's just the size of a neighborhood, you're going to get stir crazy after a very short amount of right. time. Yeah, I'm sure they'll have some sort of, you know, like, it looks like they're like a lot of people, if you live there, you'll have like a private boat slip. So a lot of people there are going to be pretty wealthy. So they'll have yachts and stuff. But the interesting thing is like, if you make it your primary residency, for like tax purposes, it's kind of a gray area law wise. And so that, right, that's they don't poor use the, it, that we use. Has the UN chimed in at all? I mean, is this going to be the, 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 the US, well, it, it's, you know, the U.S. can't really do anything about it because it's not anywhere near no, not us, the U.S., you know, the U.N., no, the UN. Oh, the UN. I no, the UN hasn't uh, said so far. <laughs> believe it or not, they've been pretty unfriendly to seasteaders, like <laughs> yeah. the people that have like claimed <laughs> um, old oil rigs and platforms out in the ocean. And they they claim there are some people who've claimed that they've taken all the necessary steps to declare sovereignty uh, legally, but the UN refuses to recognize them. I don't think it's going to be tough to see how the UN deals with this. But uh, the Seasteading Institute has like billionaires on their board that are pretty powerful people. So they might have more uh, influence than just some rogue dude out on the middle of a, you know, oil platform from the 70s. Wow. 
Okay. So this isn't like the, I saw some movie about like, the, uh, like there was a pirate radio station that was broadcasting yeah. off the coast of London or something. Yeah, uh-huh. yeah, yeah. You remember that? Pirate radio. Like, yeah. Pirate radio. I think it was all, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so this isn't that, this isn't like the revolution. You can't stop us because we're out in the ocean sort of thing. This is literally like billionaires trying to have offshore places to hide their money or something. Right. Yeah, but but I mean, it's going to be high tech luxury. Like you ever seen the um, the pictures of the island in like uh, Dubai or whatever? It looks like a big yeah. palm tree. Uh-huh. Imagine that, but they're artificial platforms, not sand Interesting. ones. I I would just be scared. I mean, like all the time. Yeah, like, I don't like it. Like the sea doesn't want you there. No, because you put and you put one one nasty criminal on there, and you've got like a lifetime movie for real. <laughs> you have a sweet. You know, what you have is a sweet reality show. Is. Yeah, they Maybe tell you when you move out show. here, hey, I'm just letting you know there's one psychopath murderer among the Islanders. We're not, yeah, we're not telling you which one. Yeah. So it's yeah. kind of the the board game Clue uh, with like a, Except with a there's mystery, no escape. A murder clue mystery. Clue meets life yeah, and they float it on the ocean. Yeah. Meets the Truman Show. Right. Meets Big Brother. Yeah. Truman Show. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there meets no Big I Brother. Hate it. Meets no Big Brother because... <laughs> meets no Big yeah. Brother. That's our whole thing. They don't, they don't want intrusion. They're going to make their own laws out there, you know? Uh huh. (laughs) Goodness gracious. All right. What do you have, Amy? Okay. So speaking of taxis and Uber rides, there is in Finland, there is a new way to pay for how you travel in Uber, which I appreciate. It is singing. As long as you are singing, you do not have to pay. As soon as you stop singing, the money count starts and it, it, they started this at a music festival that happened a few weekends ago. And it's from a, it's a promotion by a company called Fordham. That's a clean energy company. So all the cars are run on clean energy. So the idea is you, the loudest thing in the car should be the person singing, not the car itself. Right. So, cause you, mm. there is no engine noise because it's electric, but it's how it works. The drive and, and it has to be driven by a person. So literally there's some person who has to drive drive around these cars full of singing people. And the second you stop singing, you have to pay money. But if you'll sing, you get to, you get to ride for free, totally for free. Each car has a tablet that has the songs on it that you can pull up and sing. (laughs) And so at the music fest in Finland, they were just driving people back and forth to all the different areas. And as long as you were singing, it was a free ride. Would y'all do that? I'd rather walk. I'd rather walk than, than <laughs> obviously rather walk than too. sing. Like, but I, 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 like if I'm a driver, that that's yeah, the that's worst thing. Ever. I feel that's bad for the drivers. Right? You could not pay me enough. Right. Yeah. That's crazy. You're not paying them anything. Is a real unfortunate part. Yeah, I like to but. sing, and I probably wouldn't do it. <laughs> I would rather hear a loud diesel engine that needs to be serviced than. <laughs> Someone singing, and that's the whole point is to show how like rider, you're not selling me on electric it? cars. At least as a rider, yeah. Would y'all do it as a rider if they if they were like you can either pay twenty four dollars to get from here to there, or if you will sing the entire time, it'll be free. Oh yeah, for sure. I'm picking Bohemian Rhapsody and singing it the whole way. Yeah, I, I mean, can we do like old school rap? I don't really sing, it, but like that's I mean, not singing, Cameron. No, you just you need a sing. long song, though. You know what I mean? Like, because as soon as you stop, you're gonna have to pay. What about the Humpty Dance? The hook, you kind of sing the oh. hook. No, in my car, you're paying money more than you're singing the Humpty Dance. That's for All right. sure. All right. Can I'm going Dolly Parton. Y'all know that. I'm going old school Dolly. I'm doing some Reba. I'm getting where I need to go. It's not going to cost me anything except a little <laughs> bit of 
my pride. The Jeez. only, the yeah. only, the only <laughs> like public transportation or ride sharing or whatever gimmick I ever want to be involved in is cash cap. That's it. Like if I pull <laughs> oh, over the cab and they're like, hey, this is one of those singing ones. I'm like, nah, peace out. See you. Know, you get see, the next one. Don't worry. <laughs> cash cap I'm losing my mind. Like you see, they brought that back. They brought back the cash the cab. Cash cab. Oh, I love that. I show. saw. I heard last year they're bringing it back. I was very excited. Yeah. I love it. I love when it lights up as soon as they open the door and everybody freaks out when they sit and close. It. Oh, it just makes the, me so the happy. The weirdest but thing for me. Too. It was on for years, and the weirdest thing for me is like they almost never have. No, they don't know what it is. They're like, not that they're surprised yeah, by people it, get but in. like, there's never been a person who goes, "Oh, I, oh my goodness, I love this." Yeah, you know, yeah, like yeah. they're all like, "What is going on?" That's I'm like, "How true. do you not know about cash cab?" I don't yeah. know about yeah. the cash right. cab. No. What? No. Like this is the first time you're hearing about it. Yeah. It's a game show. Like when we say, what do you think it is, Chandler? (laughs) I mean, I've put together that it is a game show that is. There's a cab, taxi cab, people winning money. I don't know. Yeah, it's it's basically a game show inside a taxi cab, but the gimmick is. It's actually driving you to a destination, but like, let's say you say, Hey, take me to 80th and Broadway. Like you're in New York City. If no. you, if you miss like three questions, they just drop you off. Like wherever <laughs> you are. Like, like, yeah. They don't take you all the way. Which I feel like that's the, that's the most hilarious part of the game is like they, the cab ride ends. You know, you got to get out of the cab. I feel like. I feel like they need to raise the stakes. And if you get three wrong, he turns around and starts driving the opposite direction for like an <laughs> yeah, hour. Yeah, take you further away. <laughs> because <laughs> because at that point, you're halfway there, probably. Right, you're just right. getting another taxi. No big deal. It's just the same. It cost me the same. If you get three you wrong, three. all right, buckle in. We're in for about an hour and a half drive. Hope you went to the airport. <laughs> three wrong and they take you to the airport. <laughs> I feel like that would make, I feel that like that would just make it sure. a more interesting show. You know? Yeah. Right. That's oh real. man, I got a I got a meeting I'm late for. Sorry, man. You knew the rules. I didn't. This looked like a normal you taxi. Well, right. we're driving. Yeah, it's basically <laughs> you're getting kidnapped for two hours. That's like, right. The funny mm-hmm. thing is, like they keep uh, with every right answer, you win more money, Chandler. And then when uh-huh. you get to the destination, if you if you you know finish them, but you you like you get real cash. But there's always a double or nothing question at the very end. Uh-huh. And so like there, the couple's going out for date night or whatever. People get greedy, and and yeah, that's right. And they win yeah. like three hundred yeah. bucks, and then they're going double for nothing. And she's going, no, this will pay for dinner. And he's going, no, no, let's go for it. And oh, then they lose it oh, all. Man. And then they and break then they're up. walking to dinner like and she's like ticked off. Yeah. Ruin so, the day. It's great. It's great. <laughs> they should drop them off at JFK. Like no matter what, like if you get three wrong, you're going to you're going to LaGuardia or JFK. Yeah. Yeah, JFK because it's just so it's far. so far away yeah. from everything. Well, what, what yeah. if? But what if the person like got in and it's like you know their destination's pretty far and he's like, listen, the fastest way is to get on the interstate. Don't worry, I'm a really good driver. Um, and, and I can host the show while cooking down the Jersey Turnpike. And you get your you get your third question wrong right in the middle of the interstate. And he's like, I know, guys. I'm sorry. It's like two miles to the exit. You're it's pretty dangerous out here. But rules are rules. See ya. Rules are rules. And you just get dropped off in the turnpike. That's what I want to say. Yeah, rules yeah, are this clearly show, stated. This show only works in New York City where no matter what block you're on, you're you know in Manhattan, you're probably right. fine. Right. This would not work in like Atlanta where no. it's all interstates and right. spread out right. suburbia. Right. Yeah. That's hey, Cameron, on the reboot of the show, is it the same host? Because I like that bald guy. I loved him. Uh, I don't know. I just heard they were bringing it back. I, uh, I, I haven't yeah. seen For it. For some reason, I don't I am excited to see the new Cash Cab. But I, I want it in one of those cities that like don't have like urban taxis that the only people who use taxis are old people now who don't use Uber. 
and like they need a ride <laughs> to the airport or something and they and they call a taxi you know and it has to meet them not like you hail one and they get in right. i want those to be cash caps like they're stressed <laughs> out they got to get to the they got to get to the airport they have a, a plane to catch. yeah exactly they're like 30 minutes away and it's like sorry man this cash cap you gotta in, you know? they're like i didn't have a choice you pulled up to my house i ordered this taxi like two hours ago you're here it's a cash cab man it's, ca- it's suburban cash cab all right what do you have andre okay so remember uh what was that a month ago ihop changed its name to ihob international house of burgers well yes they have officially admitted that it was a public a publicity we stunt. called it cameron we, yeah. we knew it. it yeah they, yeah. they posted on facebook for their 60th anniversary um, that they that they are um, celebrating IHOP. Yes, IHOP. We would never turn our backs on our pancakes except for that one time where we faked it. They said that <laughs> yeah, on, their, no. on their Facebook. Oh, that's funny. I don't, hey, I don't believe them. I think they were really I think they were trying to make a pivot because like lunch is more profitable than breakfast. Lunch and, and dinner. You get you're you're trying to get two meals more yeah. instead of just one meal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think they were really going for it. It backfired and they just decided to you know oh, gotcha. we we're just kidding. Yeah. We we're just kidding. Yeah. <laughs> because because if this really? was a plan all if this was a plan all along, they would have done this like the day after. Not no. like yeah. You're not like a couple of weeks when everyone stopped talking about it, you know? No, me and Annie, we called it. I, we I, called it. I was like, it would have just cost way too much money to change all those signs. Yeah. And then yeah. I, yes. let me see a yes. sign change and yeah. then I'll believe y'all. Yeah. They were just trying to get yes. people in the door to try their burgers. Yeah. And, and it w- didn't. And according to Fast Company, it didn't really help all that much. Really? <laughs> yeah. That's funny. Like sales didn't go up for the burger they menu. They did not really. Well, the other really? thing too is like, do publicity stunts like this, like, yeah, people are talking about IHOP, but how many of us went to IHOP as a result of this? You know what I mean? Nope. We didn't even send Daz. We didn't do anything about yeah. it. Same thing for the uh, the Wendy's Twitter thing where it's like, I didn't go to Wendy's anymore, you know, with them being funny on Twitter, but it was funny right. to go look at it. You know? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Right. I, I mean, I'm going to Wendy's the standard amount of time I go to Wendy's, which is <laughs> a lot. Yeah. Like the fact that they're burning people on Twitter left and right, I'm not going any more than I already go, which is too yeah, long. You're not like, I'll go to Wendy's now because I like her. But right. that, but the, right. but you feel a little bit better about going to Wendy's because it's like, uh, yeah, oh, the brand's cool yeah, now. Yeah, cooler yeah. now. Oh, at, at least yeah, there's something to redeeming about King this. Or Wendy's, yeah. then you're going to choose Wendy's. I mean, it, I'm going to go to Wendy's now that we're talking about it because I'm so hungry. If there's a Wendy's next door Burger King, yeah, you're, you right. know, I like Wendy's. Yeah, I like know. If there's a Wendy's mm-hmm. buying Burger King, I'm for sure doing Burger King because they have Coke Ices. Well, he, really? He, and I like the yeah. actual Burger King. Like, he's hilarious. Oh, that's true. <laughs> he is, but, here, but here's oh the thing. Isn't it sad that now, like, the most redeeming thing about Burger, about uh, Wendy's is like, well, my justification for going here, the most redeeming thing is the person that's on their Twitter account is really mean. Like, <laughs> yeah. that's, yeah. that's the best thing about this brand right. is they got a mean person on social media. So I'll, I'll go I'll go get a junior bacon cheeseburger. What's IHOP <laughs> say? Like, did it benefit them at all to do IHOP? I mean, it didn't sell burgers. I mean, it made us talk about them for a minute. I The idea was that it would get people through the door to try their burgers. And according to the according to the report from Fast Company, which isn't like super detailed, it was just like eh, it didn't it didn't have that much of an impact on their bottom line or on burger sales. But or anything if like you that. look at, uh, you know, brand relevancy and, 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 and free marketing value and stuff, they got hundreds of millions of dollars of people talking, talking about, about it. And media yeah, coverage and all that. I mean, we, we've given them 10 minutes of airtime. Well, yeah, but I, I guess my <laughs> thing is like, I don't know if it trans, I don't know if it translates to anything, you know, like, 
yeah, people are talking about him. But again, like, does that mean any, does that mean anything for the bottom line? You know? I mean, I gotta yeah. be honest with you. Driving down the road, when I see an IHOP sign now, I notice it, and I don't have the same impression of them. I mean, I'm not thinking, ooh, burgers. I'm just thinking, like, look at them being savvy marketers. Uh-huh. It gives me a more positive impression of them as a corporation mm-hmm. than as just kind of like the afterthought or the leftover Denny's. You know, like like they're not quite as you know what I mean. Like I I used to like to me they were. Like, I didn't even notice them. Yeah. Leftover like, Denny's, that's what you call them? That's such a burn. Well, just like, how are they? <laughs> I think before, if anything, I would drive by one going, who goes there? Or yeah. how are they still in business? Well, no, I want to hey, go see, oh, see some really sad people saying. very late at night. I'll just see what's going on. Pop in IHOP. They're all there. <laughs> right. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Like, now when I pass by, I don't just think terrible pancakes. I think, I wonder what their burgers are like. Yeah. Well, I'm just saying, like they're they elite. They're a company that's like marketing themselves. Whereas, yeah. it, like you know, companies that don't bother are just kind of like they just yeah. kind of get worse and worse. If they're spending money on marketing, they're trying to be savvy. You kind of think like, oh, they're they're investing in stuff. They're mm-hmm. investing. I, they're yeah. growing. They're getting better. Maybe I should go check them out. I don't yeah. know. I I will say this. I think it's better than the marketing strategy of Waffle House, which has been you know they spend. I read their marketing budget is seven hundred million dollars a year, and it's all yellow paper. And they just want to be the first one when you turn to W in the yellow pages looking really? up waffles. It's so weird. Are you If there was seven hundred million dollars in a Waffle House budget, I yeah, they would invest in mops first. I well, mean, they waffle don't have House any money. Barely has a budget to keep their signs lit. I've never seen saying. a fully lit Waffle House sign. <laughs> no, like, it's they, like Scrabble pieces with one letter off. Like every time you go to Waffle House, <laughs> man, I love that place. That is one of the you best really? stops. I, I think. Really? I think when when Waffle House opens a new store, uh, the, the the sign comes pre burned out one letter. Like, <laughs> It's just part of the brand. Just, just Waffle House down, is the only you know? restaurant that when it makes the news, it makes the news because like the story was cook was asleep. Customer went and cooked their own meal. Yes. Yeah. I mean, like yeah. literally like that's what Waffle House is. Waffle House is a dangerous place to go. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't understand how Atlanta has like multiple intersections where on yes. all four corners of the intersection, there's a Waffle, Waffle House. House. Yeah, yep. it's real. Like, how Deep. does that stay in business? because everyone goes. That's where we go on Christmas Eve. Have we talked about this? No. That is where our family eats on Christmas Eve. Really? Yes. (laughs) After the Christmas Eve service, we go to Waffle House. That's that's very sad, and I think sacrilegious <laughs> too. Um, the other thing about Waffle House is, I think when they open a new one too, they just squirt the whole place inside with syrup, so it's just got that nice sticky home feel right oh, when it opens. No. Yeah. You're, I've never picked up a middle at Waffle, Waffle House, House and be like, I gotta rinse my hands off. It's this not, is uh, I, see, I haven't been to sticky Waffle Houses. I've been to just everything's wet. Like the table's yeah. wet, yeah. the floors are wet. This is a damp place. Yeah, you know, like yes, nothing's, that's it. They've just wiped down the table, no matter whether. Someone was sitting there or not? The table is wet when you sit down. Okay, you and know the like reason I haven't gone to Golden water. Corral in a long mm. time because, in theory, I should love Golden Corral. You know, yeah. because it's just you, you it's know, on rules. brand for you. It's to, so on brand. I mean, you get a little bit of everything. You can get as many places as you want. Is the last time I went, it it, it felt like it, it, everything was soaking wet, and it felt like the cleaning methodology <laughs> was someone had a warm old beach towel and they were just wiping <laughs> everything down from like the nozzles of like the Coke dispenser to like oh, we got some spare mac and cheese. They just kind of it's like it's kind of wet and a little cheesy, oh, so they so they got some of that in there. Towel. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so gross. Yeah, they give it the old yeah. warm beach towel treatment. <laughs> oh, man. Warm, wet beach towel. All right. Well, that'll do it for Slices. Stay tuned. Up next, Joe Saxton joins us. I'll be on the 
You're listening to More More. The song is Waiting on the Warmth. I think it's here, middle of summer. At the beginning of the podcast, you heard Christine and the Queens with the new single, It Doesn't Matter. Not to be confused with the song we opened Wednesday's show with, which was Don't Matter to Me by Drake, or Gallant's new single, Doesn't Matter, which is the same name as Christine and the Queens' new single, Doesn't Matter. I think, I think artists are in a funk right now. They're just like listening to each other. Anyway. This week's show is brought to you by Casper, a sleep brand that makes expertly designed products to help you get your best rest one night at a time. You spend about a third of your life sleeping, so you should be comfortable. That's why the experts at Casper work tirelessly to make a quality sleep surface that cradles your natural geometry in all the right places. The original Casper mattress combines multiple supportive memory foams for a quality sleep surface with the right amounts of both sink and bounce. And its breathable design helps you sleep cool and regulates your body temperature throughout the night. I can attest to this because uh, I have a a Casper mattress and it really does keep you cool, unlike some other memory foam mattresses that uh, get a little warm. Casper offers two other mattresses called the Wave and the Essential. The Wave features a patent-pending premium support system to mirror the natural shape of your body, and the Essential has a streamlined, streamlined design at a price that won't keep you up at night. You can be sure of your purchase with Casper's 100-night risk-free sleep-on-it trial. And right now, they're offering relevant podcast listeners a special deal. You can get $50 towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com slash rm and using rm at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. That's 50 bucks towards select mattresses by going to casper.com slash rm. Joe Saxton is an author, speaker, leadership coach, and church planner. In her latest book, The Dream of You, Let Go of Broken Identities and Live the Life You Were Made For, she examines how to find your purpose and actually live it out. We recently talked with Joe about the book and what we can all do to identify God's plan for our lives. Here is Joe Saxton. So one of the themes of the book is identity and people trading in their identities. Could you talk a little bit more about that? Yeah, I would say, so for example, um, well, I think life happens and relationships happen. People happen to you. And if you find that you're more accepted when um, you behave a certain way, then we find ourselves pleasing people. And maybe we say yes to things we shouldn't do because it makes us seem more willing at work, even though we know it's exhausting us. Maybe we say yes to relationships that aren't really healthy for us because they seem to want us and we're used to not being wanted. Um, We may numb our voices or be silenced by um, the, not even just the popular opinion, the accepted opinion. And so because of that, um, we find, we may find ourselves um, having lost our voice. You know, our voice being um, in some ways the essence of our identity in, in everyday life and in practice is muted because it's not been accepted so I think that those would be some of the examples I think when traumas happen or when the culture of place is more dominant than a way than we, we're used to or we feel comfortable in we can find that we have we, we become who we have to be for survival's sake So would you say that in the example of relationships is kind of finding your way back to essentially just end the relationship or how, how does that work? I think I would talk about finding your way back in terms of uncovering who you fully are in terms of how did God design you to, to be and so and no longer apologizing for your wiring no longer apologizing for the things that you bring to the table no longer um, 
allowing ourselves to walk with a limp because of the hurts we picked up along the way. And um, I guess my contention is is that when God designed us, um, he, he was pretty pleased with it. And so the things that have affected us um, sometimes take us away from what we were originally designed to be. And so finding our way back may or may not involve that relationship. I think it's our primary relationship with how God's wired us that I'm mainly talking about at this point. How can someone recognize what God's dream for them is or the identity that God gave them or even that, you know, something might be off with that? Yeah, I mean, I think what I found is often when I've asked someone that question of who were you before life told you who you had to be, people are pretty quick on knowing the answer because I think we'd all identify there are moments in our lives and in our story when we felt the pressure, real or perceived, to be something else or be somebody else. Um, I, I've often found with people when they've, when I've asked them that question, because I, I do a lot of coaching and stuff, that they'll come back to either a moment or a series of moments. Uh, so, it, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't, sadly, it doesn't take that long for us to uncover that. But I'd often ask where, it, it, when we're uncertain, I'd say, ask, where do you feel you're fully yourself or do you feel you have to be different people depending on your environment and why would that be why do you feel you can say exactly um you can be confident and courageous um why do you second guess your ideas and your thoughts why do you second guess your opinions and why do you say i don't know when you actually know the answer to what's being discussed in the room because chances are if those things are happening you put your identity on mute for the sake of what you fear would be on the other side what I'm gathering is that the idea is that, you know, these identities that were given are given to us pretty early on. So how do you know what your real identity that God gave you is? Like, how do you know when you find it? Yeah, I mean, I think you're, first of all, I'd agree with you. I think for a number of us, there are certain things that are, life happens early. Uh, life happens early. And so I'd love to say, I, I wish I could say, well, when you reach out, these terrible things are going to happen or these terrible perceptions in culture about your skin or about your gender are going to happen. But we all know that would be completely, utterly unrealistic. And I think for some of us, it, it takes a lot. And I, I think when I'm talking with people about this, because I have met women in particular who were like, I couldn't even know where to begin anymore. And so I often ask them what they were like when they were kids and the things that they loved and the music they loved and the things that were the moments in their life when they felt the most alive, because they're like signposts. I would ask someone the things that they used to dream of and the, the, the things they would love to be said about them in terms of, um, you know, if you were at an award ceremony and someone was giving you an award for something, what would they say you've achieved? And what would that say about you? What would you want to be known for? And we do have to work our way backwards from time to time. So that's one part. The other part I would say, as a believer would say, um, are you agreeing with what God says about you? Are you, are you agreeing with what he says about your value, your purpose? about your worth and um, and about your uniqueness. You know, can you look in the mirror? And I, and I actually often get people to do this. There's a chapter I write in the book where I, I'm standing in front of the mirror and thanking God for every part of my body um, because I had to realign my thinking to not think like Cosmo <laughs> or something like that. Mm-hmm. And um, I can't remember what the magazine was at the time, but I, and I remember having to stand there and say, I thank you, God, for... Because, um, you know, people would say, oh, you'd be so pretty if you weren't so black or you'd be, you're exotic, or you're, and I'm talking church people now. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> and I, before we think the world is terrible, I am talking church. Um, or I'd love to date you, but I can't because you're black. Or whatever. I mean, they were, they were honest, but um, anyway. And, 
And I remember needing to stand in front of the mirror and think, I know, I know my skin is getting wonderfully made, but it doesn't stop it stinging when someone says things, when you realize that people are wrestling with your values before you've opened your mouth. Um, and so I'd stand in front of the mirror and I'd be like, uh, I'd read this thing from Psalm 139 where it says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. And I read it over every part of my body and declared it in front of the mirror because I needed to hear what the Bible said about my values. And then after talking about my body, I did it about my mind and my talents, that I'm not too strong, that I'm not too loud. I am loud, granted. Um, that I'm not too, that I'm not too much and I'm not not enough. Mm-hmm. And I needed to reckon with that. And it was a real reckoning for me because some of it was, well, if I want to settle down, do I need to settle down? Uh, in my personality, do I? I mean, I have no intention of doing anything about the depth of my skin. If that's the problem, then you don't need to come around me. Right. But, uh, <laughs> um, but, but there was a, a reckoning I had to do in terms of wrestling and saying, what will I believe? Um, will I believe what the Bible says about my value that I'm made in, that I'm made in his image, that I'm fearfully and wonderfully made, or will I allow the things that have been said explicitly or the things that have been implied or the things that have been said indirectly um, or the experiences that have left me believing a certain way of thinking about myself shape how I would function from this point on. And um, it was it was hard. And so, I, so, you know, I think the recovery of your identity may take you to a counselor. It may take you um, a number of places, but I, but it's a journey. And it's one I invite people to, to make sure they're discovering because we have the gift of one life. It would be nice to live the one you were wise for <laughs> rather than the one you felt you had to have to please other people who probably aren't watching you that much anyway. That was Joe Saxton. Make sure to check out her new book, The Dream of You. It's available now. Stay tuned up next, our listener of the week. You're listening to Gallant. The song is Doesn't Matter. Not to be confused with the song at the beginning of the show, Christine and the Queens. Doesn't matter. Just go to Apple and type in Doesn't Matter. You'll get a bunch of options. Okay, it's time for our Listener of the Week. You listen to the show and it's time to get to know you. It's the Listener of the Week. All right, uh, Jesse, we, we, every week, some of our listeners hit up Twitter and tell us three facts about themselves to, to uh, try and catch your eye uh, to become our listener of the week. And this week, uh, you picked Zach Summers. Tell us the three facts that caught your eye about Zach Summers, and then we'll introduce him. Okay. Zach once defended himself from a mugging with a Black Forest ham sandwich. Uh, <gasps> wow. Wow. He was probably I, I'm going to say, I'm going to venture to say the guy was aller- allergic to Black Forest ham and he shook it, and he, and he shook it in his face. Zach, don't tell me yet. Yeah, I know. But it's a very common allergy. You'd be shocked. 
Ask any deli worker. Uh, I once was I once inter- was interrogated by the police while wearing a shaving cream beard and hairstyle. Oh. Um, and and finally, oh. you were fired from your first job. He was kind of he, he appears to be some sort of uh, shoplifting Robin Hood because he stole <laughs> sixteen donuts but offered them to his coworkers. So you know, you again, uh, morally welcome, gray. Welcome, welcome to okay. the show, Zach Summers. Hey, yeah, thanks uh, so much for having me. Where where are you calling us from? So I am uh, in Washington State in Spokane, Washington. Spokane. Uh, and I'm a writer and graphic designer for um, Partners International. Oh, cool. Oh, cool. Does this very noble nonprofit that you work for, doing great work, work know about your uh, donut ceiling past? <laughs> <laughs> I, I didn't quite mention it in the interview. Okay. Um, but it's, uh, it's something that, you know, I'm, I'm quite open with. I've repented, uh, and I believe that the <laughs> Lord knows my heart. Wow. This guy's just way nicer of a guy than I thought. I thought we were going to get some rogue scallywag on the line. And this guy's just the kindest man ever. Hey, yeah, we, we, Zach's just getting started. We could still have a scallywag yeah, I was gonna say, situation. The type of people I know that regular, that steal donuts or have been caught stealing donuts are not the That's type right. that are going to spread the good news around the world. So good on you, Zach. Something's been going on in your life since this little donut incident. I, that's clear. That's clear. All right, Zach, tell us a story about how you once defended yourself from a mugging with a black forest ham sandwich oh i was on my way to new york city i have a cousin who lives in brooklyn and he has an extra room i.e a closet with a futon in it um and so me and my buddy who uh we we took a megabus and on the east coast uh we don't have it here on the west coast but megabus it's a super cheap bus system yeah it's like 50 Uh, bucks to get to new york yeah, 50, yeah, 50 like, oh, yeah. from Florida to so New York from Orlando. To go from Orlando to Miami is a dollar. Yeah, I was going to say, you can find yeah. dollar rides on Megabus. But, but the, the, the thing is, you have to sing the entire time. <laughs> it's, it's, it's a long <laughs> bus ride. You'll get it later. You'll get that one later, Zach. Just <laughs> <trust> <laughs> that was a callback. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so the tickets were like, I think we got them on sale too. So it was like 40 bucks for down and back. It was insane. It was so great. But the, the thing about Megabus is because it's so cheap, they put you in like, uh, they partner with like, public transportation bus stops. And so I lived in Ohio. I grew up there and uh, the bus station that they went with was Cleveland. Uh, And so this is downtown Cleveland, which is known just, you know, for being just an upstanding area (laughs) or not. Um, And uh, I remember we got there early. And so the bus was going to leave at like 6am. And I, I was like looking on my phone and the bus was running late and I was so hungry. And so I was with my buddy and I told him like, Hey, you watch this stuff. I'm going to run like around the corner. Apparently there's a subway open at like six. And so I'm like, I'm going to go like grab a sandwich for the ride. Cause it's going to be a long bus ride. Uh, and so I have like a white, just a white, regular white t-shirt on like black athletic pants. And I have one of those like super, super cool phone wallets from 2012. Um, <laughs> that like is everything and it folds open. And so I didn't have room in my, my pants for it. So I was walking with it in my, in my hand. And uh, so I'm, I'm walking and I, and I get my sandwich at, at, uh, at Subway and I load this thing up. 
we're talking black forest ham, double meat, you know, green peppers, make sure you toast them on there. I get the onions, yeah. extra lettuce, extra cheese. Like this thing is, this is a, this, a so you're telling me you, you, you told them to, to run it through the garden. And when you had a, this was a real sandwich artist making the sandwich. This run wasn't it, just run it slinging through the meat. garden. Is that what you say? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's, that's the thing. Say yeah, that run, that through, run it through the garden. <laughs> they know, they know. This, if you hey listen, if you have a, a certified sandwich artist, the problem is they're letting a lot of people work at Subway and not get certified. If you have a certified sandwich artist, <laughs> so is this, they're supposed is this to like, know run I didn't know this. Is this like, and, and the toasting and the toasting of the of the of the peppers that goes without saying. The, the certification <laughs> for sandwich artists has gone way downhill, way downhill. Get so is this like in and out where there's like a secret menu you have to order a certain way, like jungle style and all that right. kind of stuff. You have to say run it through the garden, right? Yeah. Subway, yeah. you don't have. Have to, but I mean, you, if you know what you're doing. To. You don't have to, but the sandwich artist, the sandwich artist, kind of looks at you and nods and winks, and you know, let you get an extra cookie or whatever, you know, when when you check out. Like like I said, it depends on on their level of certification of sandwich artistry. So I have this sandwich, and it's and they give you like that that flimsy subway bag, and they stuff way too many napkins in it. And so I'm walking back to the bus station, and it's just like two blocks away, right around the corner, and I have the the sandwich in my hand and it's kind of doing its dangly sandwich thing and i have my phone wallet in my other hand and i am i'll be honest i am not the tallest of men um i'm a solid (laughs) five five um and i'm crossing uh this this gentleman uh who looks to be a good six five a pretty tall lanky guy um i could look he he was a little rough around the edges to say the least and uh as we're passing each other, he lifts up his, his arm to punch me in the face. Mm. And this, like, I felt his knuckles on my nose. And so I, <laughs> I reach up and I block his punch with my arm and I, I deflect it. And I kind of like do it as a, like an outward swinging motion. But oh I did gosh. it with the, 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 the hand with the sandwich in it. And so as I'm deflecting his punch, the Black Forest ham comes full swing and slaps this dude in the face. (laughs) You know, this reminds me, this is how if like a Jackie Chan movie took place in a subway, like people came in to rob it. First, he, the first thing Jackie Chan would do is like Frisbee tomatoes, like right at their eyes. Like, ah, and then he would grab two sandwich bags and use them as nunchucks as you did. We both just kept walking after that. What? Like, wait, 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 wait. You that? smacked a man in the face with a sandwich and walked away. <laughs> <laughs> At <laughs> six in the morning in downtown Cleveland, you do not walk away. You run away. No, no, no. That guy is so humiliated, humiliated. You know, the only thing less dignified than getting slapped open handed in the face, you mm. know, there's two things. I'm going to rank them right now. One is when someone slowly pulls a white glove off finger by finger, dusts right. it off and slaps you in the face with it as right, you right. know, that's. You know, of course. You, you, you're stripped of all dignity. The only thing other less dignified is to be getting slapped in the face by a subway, a hot subway sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> There's no coming back. There's no coming back Man, for it. That's crazy. Okay. So uh, why were you interrogated by police while wearing a shaving cream beard and hairstyle? So I uh, right out of high school. So I was about 18, 19. Um, I was a junior high youth pastor for my local church. And uh, I mean, I could stop there and that would make complete sense. Yep. Um, but uh, I remember we, we rented these cabins at like this uh, at this park 
and we were doing all these different events and games and things like that. And uh, it was late at night. It was like 11 o'clock. And uh, we have like these floodlights going on into this like little field next to our cabins. And next thing I know is we see police sirens pulling up to the cabins. And I'm like, oh, no, like one of the kids did something, you know. And what happened was they came up to us and they were like, so who's in charge here? And we were in the middle of one of those games where the, the, the students could dress their leaders up in like all shaving cream. <laughs> and so I have like a trash bag on me as like a coat and then a full shaving cream beard and, and hairdo. And I have to like stand up and go to this guy and be like, sir, I'm in charge. <laughs> and I, I kid you not. He looks me in the eye and he says, no, really? I was going to say, no, sir, I, I promise I, I'm really in charge. And then uh, apparently there was a curfew that like I signed a paper and said, we will not be loud after like 10 o'clock. And uh, it's one of those things like the terms and conditions that I just clicked apply and, and moved on. Oh, that's why the cops were called? Because you guys uh-huh. are too loud. Oh, okay. okay. Was, okay. Yeah. Oh. Uh, shaving cream does you, that. You didn't get the old subway assault charge. You, you dodged <laughs> <that>. <laughs> <laughs> the old. All right, and lastly, uh, you were fired. With the deadly sandwich. Yeah, you were fired from your first job at age sixteen for stealing donuts, but praised because you offered them to your coworkers. Where were you working? Was it a donut shop? Because if not, no, it was you. actually a small little grocery <laughs> store in in Ohio. It's a little uh, chain called Bueller's. Mm-hmm. We had these uh, this customer who returned some donuts through the checkout, and so. But I saw this box of donuts and I just had a moment where I realized, you know, I could not take this back to the donut shop and I could just put it in the break room. And so I took it up to the break room uh, and I kind of like put it on top of the refrigerator, like in the back. So nobody would, nobody could see it. And then uh, break time comes and I go to the, and I go to the workroom mm-hmm. and I sit down and uh, next to one of my coworkers, who's also in the break room. And he's like, Oh man, like a donut would be really great right now. And I'm like, and I open up the box and I say, would you like one? And uh, another one of my coworkers came in. And so there was like two or three of our coworkers uh, just snacking on these donuts then. And the next day I get called into the, the back office. I and they, <laughs> they had footage of me doing that and like footage of me, like getting on the stool and putting the, uh, the donuts up oh, you know, on top of the refrigerator and like not paying for it. Pointing at the screen, and he's like, "So this is you stealing the donuts." And then you're like, you're like, you're like manager, forward. I've never seen that person before." There. <laughs> <laughs> and then you slapped him in the face with a ham sandwich, and you yeah. ran out of there. This makes me question: How much meat did you steal from Subway while you were? <laughs> <laughs> so it was a, it was a, a quite an interim because they they praised me for like, well, at least you're not selfish and stingy. And uh, you're a hard worker, but we still have to fire you. You know, it's policy. Uh, real so, quick, real quick, Zach, what have you stolen from your current employer? Uh, <laughs> oh, oh, easy. That uh, one's money that's supposed to go to churches in the development. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's easy. Oh, this okay. brings up a good question real quick before we let Zach go. What are your guys' feeling? Because I was at a grocery store the other day, and, and someone was eating while they're shopping a, a bag of grapes. And then I saw another person like open like a box of granola bars that was in their cart, but was eating one of the granola bars. And I was so impressed, like of the swag of those individuals to be eating the bag of grapes, 
How do we feel about this? Are we okay if you're going to pay for it? I don't understand the grazing mentality in the produce section. It's like, I'm going to go and just eat some, especially the fruit that's weighed by the pound. Hmm. Like, I'm going to have a bunch of grapes and then I'm going to eat half of it and then they're going to go weigh it at checkout. Yeah. You just stole. But then they're all like, but I'm just trying the stuff that's expected that's okay. And I'm like, how? I don't understand that. And I did have a friend that growing up, she thought that as long as you ate it before you got to checkout, it was free. That's insane. <laughs> and so like she would like, she'd just be like walking through the store. She, she, she believed this like until her like twenties. Wow. Until somebody was with her and was like, yo, what are you doing? <laughs> That's not a thing. No. It's not a buffet. You just got to keep circling the store. Yeah. Well, we learned a lot about Zach. <laughs> All right. Well, uh, <laughs> thanks for being our Listen of the Week, Zach Summers. Um, if you want to be our Listen of the Week next week, uh, hit us up on Twitter and tell us what you've stolen from your employers. Yeah. Confess uh, a crime. Call us yeah. and tell us what crime yeah. you want to get Confess off Confess a crime that you, you used to do <laughs> and still kind of do. A little bit. Hit us up on Twitter. I do want to have, I want to have one listener. Can we do this? Can we just call it out? <laughs> one Listener of the week, where you have to, th- there's not three facts, it's you have to call and confess a crime. Obviously, we're not talking <laughs> murder here. I mean, yeah. if so, talk coded words. Right. Otherwise, we, I want to hear, I want to have a true crime listener of the week. Okay. <laughs> we already had someone confess a hit and run, you know? That's true. That is true. Now we, we have a donut, th- a donut theft. Zach, you're going to sleep well tonight, my friend. I feel like you've gotten a lot off your chest. The statute of limitations has probably passed on the donut thing. Uh, I, I feel like you're gonna you're, for the first night in years you're gonna sleep through the night, not waking up in a cold sweat <laughs> thinking about your donut crime. <laughs> That's funny. All right, thanks for joining us, Zach. Hey, thanks, Kevin. Thanks, guys. All right, see ya. Well, many thanks to Casper for making this episode possible. You remember, you can get fifty dollars towards select mattresses by visiting casper.com/rm and using rm at checkout. Terms and conditions apply. And thanks also to Blue Apron. Remember, you can check out this week's menu and get your first three meals for free at blueapron.com slash relevant. And thanks also to Joe Saxon for joining us. Her new book, The Dream of You, is out now. You can follow her on Twitter at Joe Saxton. Hey, the new issue of Relevant is out now. Leon Bridges is on the cover. If you missed Wednesday's episode of the podcast, we uh, had we ran part of the interview uh, with Leon. Go check out that episode and check out the cover story. Uh, it's available now, newsstands nationwide, and you can view the entire issue for free at relevantmagazine.com. Go check it out. On that note, we'll wrap it up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Andre Henry. I'm Chandler Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Annie F. Downs. We'll see you next week. If I know in the exit of the bed, if you got and we've got the exist, if I believe in God and we've got the exist, and if I am cast out because I wanted some more, and if this guy does this, thank you for listening to the relevant podcast. If you like what you heard, be sure to leave us a review on iTunes. Check out other shows from the relevant podcast network in the podcast section at relevantmagazine.com. And while you're there, browse exclusive podcast merchandise at our online store. Make sure to subscribe to Relevant Magazine. Info is available at relevantmagazine.com forward slash subscribe.
Call us and tell us what crime you want to get off your chest. Relevant Podcast Network. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? Hero Bread serves up 0 to 1 grams of net carbs, 5 to 11 grams of protein, and high fiber in every delicious serving. Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today.